Psalm chapter 119 and be reading verses 97 through 105. Amen. If you have it, say praise the Lord. All right. Beginning in verse 97. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Though through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are with my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet, everybody say sweet, are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I thank you for the holy word of God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the enriching of your word. We thank you for the privilege and the honor and the opportunity to study, to learn, and to hear your word. God, we pray for the anointing tonight to deliver the Word of God and that we would all receive it and apply it. I pray for your will to be done in every life here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Uh, Our series, which will be at least two weeks, and we'll kind of go from there on how long it goes. We've just finished up four or five weeks on prayer. And so this title of this series is little long name, but restoring our love for God's Word. Restoring our love for the Word of God. Amen. At this time, we're going to have a short video played that will launch us off and kind of see. uh, It'll impact every one of us, and then I'll go into the lesson. So if Brother Arthur is ready at this time, we're going to play this video. If you would, just watch it. It won't be just a few minutes. And uh, uh, we train leaders. And this time we brought up 22 leaders from the Hunan province. And they rode 13 hours on a train to get to a hotel that they came up two by two in these elevators as, so as to not draw any attention. And then they got to a hotel room, a little apartment uh, room. It's only about 700 square feet in the little living room, no air conditioning, hardwood floor, 22 sat there. I came in, and when you teach in China, you start at 8 in the morning, and you don't get done till 5 at night. You teach the whole day. They were sitting there, all 22 of them, and I looked around, and I said, now, if we get caught, what will happen to me? They said, oh, you'll get deported in 24 hours, and we'll go to prison for three years. I said, you're kidding. How many of you have been in prison for your faith? Out of 22, 18 raised their hands. I thought, no way. 
I looked at him and I said, you, you 22 people, how many people do you oversee? Because they were all of these small group leaders, underground church leaders in the Hunang province. I said, how many, if you counted up all the people under your jurisdiction, how many would it be? And they counted them up and they said, little over 20 million. I said, what? See, we forget there's 1.3 billion people in China. This is crazy. Well, I had 15 Bibles and I passed them out. Obviously, seven didn't get them. And I said, let's turn to 2 Peter chapter 1 and we're going to read it. And just then, one lady handed hers to somebody next to her. And I thought, hmm, interesting. Well, we turned there anyway. And as we started reading it, I understood why she gave it away. She had memorized the whole thing. She just recited the whole chapter. When it was done, I went over to her at a break and I said, you, you, you recited the whole chapter. She says, oh, yes, I've memorized many chapters. I said, where did you memorize so many chapters? She said, in prison. <laughs> she said, you have much time in prison. <laughs> so I said, but don't they confiscate the Bible? And she said, yes. So people bring in scriptures written on pieces of paper and they bring it in. So I said, but then if they find that piece of paper on you, won't they confiscate that? She said, oh, yes, that's why you memorize it as fast as you can. Because <laughs> even though they can take the paper away, they can't take what's hidden in your heart. I thought, wow. Well, after three days, you fall in love with these people. And when it was done, I, I said, how can I pray for you? I'm going to go back to America. And you guys have been just so wonderful. How can I pray for you? They said, you know, Wayne, you guys can gather like this whenever you want to in America. We can't. Could you pray that one day we'll be just like you? And I looked at him and I said, I will not do that. Big incredulous eyes looked at me and they said, why? <laughs> I said, because you guys rode a train for 13 hours to get here. In my country, if you've got to drive more than an hour, people don't come. You sat on a wooden floor for three days. In my country, if people have to sit more than 40 minutes, they leave. You sat not only here for three days on a hard wooden floor, but you did it without air conditioning. In my country, if it's not padded pews and air conditioning, people don't often come back. In my country, we have an average of two Bibles per family. We don't read any of them. You hardly have any Bibles, and you memorize them from pieces of paper. I will not pray that we become like, uh, you become like us, but I will pray that we become just like you. We go to China from time to time, and, and uh, clap your hands to the Lord. I've saw this video over the course of the past two years uh, several times, but just again recently. And when the Lord began to direct me to teach this series on restoring our love for God's Word, I thought this would be an eye-opener. And what conviction it brought to me, and I know to you as well. And it should bring conviction to us. And I've heard numerous stories about countries like China where people are not having the freedom that we have, but yet they have such a love for the Word of God that they're memorizing Scripture 
many books of the Bible, possibly the entire Bible, I'm not sure. saw a video one time here not long ago, a year or so ago, of passing out, missionaries were passing out Bibles in China. And you should have seen the response of that group of people in that underground church when they began to pass, they would grab those Bibles and hold them to their chest and begin to weep. That is a love for the Word of God. I know that you and I are blessed to be raised in the Bible Belt, to be raised in an apostolic church. And we've all been taught the importance and the essentiality of God's Word and how important it is to read God's Word, to study, and to learn God's Word. Amen. And America is a Christian nation, even though we're told by some former presidents that it's not. It is a Christian nation as a whole, but we're losing ground big time. And that's the point. I looked up some statistics today, and I know you can't put everything all stock into statistics, but after researching, I feel safe with these numbers. Some were less, some were higher, but these were the averages Some from some uh very uh, George Barna, people like that are safe to use their quotes. But statistics show, this is in 2021, two years ago, that only 34% of all Christians read their Bible once a week. Is that not staggering? Now, I know the first thing you're going to think is that's not apostolics, though. Well, through the years of pastoring, I have found that the statistics of the denominal world, after a period of time, begin to mirror, or we begin to mirror in the apostolic world, we mirror the statistics of the denominal world. So we're not exempt because we're people. We're in a culture that is just as influenced. And trends begin to be set that people follow. Only 50%. Only 50% read their Bible. We're talking about Christians, not just every person counting. Only 50% of the people read their Bible less than twice a year. That's in America. George Barna quoted that 41% of youth of the ages 13 to 17 never read their Bible. That's staggering. Only 20% of teenagers read their Bible at least weekly. 20%. I mean, to me, this is shocking. And that was regardless of their affiliation. Now, I'm not going to list, but I could list the um, religions, if you recall them that, the religions that read their Bible or their book more than any other in the world. And it, would, and it should convict us. One is 86% of that religion read their Bible, as they call it. And the other one is 77%. But yet, look where we're at. 34%. That was shocking to me. And I want to provide this video tonight because this is where we need to be with the love of God's Word. We have Bibles. We can own, 
I probably own six or seven Bibles. How many of you own more than one Bible? Everybody in the house knew about it. Probably everybody. And you remember the old song that was written years ago, Dust on the Bible? That's probably more true today than ever in the history of America. I read that one report said that teenagers have a high regard for the Bible but never read it. Mm, Not being negative tonight, I'm going here for a purpose laying this foundation because we're not exempt. We're affected by this. We're blessed. We live busy lives. And all these factors, and we have knowledge of the Word of God, but all these factors can equal up to a crisis mode to where people who go to church every week may not even read the Bible in between Sundays. Hello, somebody. And it's because of habits, because of, you know, not seeing the urgency or being too busy or whatever it might be. But we can't stay there. And when the Lord spoke to me, and I'm not just going to keep repeating about what if a letter, if he wrote a letter to this church like he did to the churches of Asia, what would the letter to apostolic life be? And he told me to about restore the prayer force of the church. Second thing the Lord spoke to me about was restoring our love for the Word of God. And that kind of caught me off guard a little bit because I was thinking it would just be, you know, that made sense, but why would it not be just restoring our commitment or our devotion? But then it dawned on me, it's if we don't have a love for the Word of God, hello, then we're not going to be compelled to read it. Hello? If... And most likely there would be some people here that are avid readers of, of different type books. And I've heard it said before, and I'm sure you have as well by someone that's reading a book. Oh, I just love this book. I can't put it down. I kind of feel like that's what David was saying when he recorded in our scripture text. Oh, I love thy law. Oh, how I love thy law. That was a love there. Not just an I need to do this out of Christian obligation or because pastor really pushes this or it's what I've been taught to do. It would just read a few scriptures in our minds to somewhere else. Hello? But a love is enthroned into the Word of God. It is something that we, when we love it, we can't hardly put it down. When we love it, we can't wait to get back to that book. My question is to all of us tonight, is that kind of love still there? Are we at a point where we can't wait to get to that word? Or is it we're having to shuffle our time and agenda and, oh, well, let me read this Bible real quick. Let me read a chapter in the book of Proverbs. There's, that's a wise thing to do every day is read that chapter. The, reason, the way you'll know what chapter to read is whatever the date is. Hello? T- today is what? Twenty-six. Is that right? Then you go to the 26th chapter. 
I try to do this every day of my life. And it's easy to read that. But we don't stop there. But if we're not careful, we'll just be reading it. Oh, i got to read. And we're not really absorbing. You know, we live in a very time where our attention spans are very short. That's why kids, you only got a few minutes. They tell you don't let send a long email, don't send a long text. I hadn't learned that yet. I like to send all I can get out there in there, in that text. I mean, you know what I mean. You've got some of my text. But they said you got to keep it brief because you'll lose people. Right? Have y'all heard that? Marketers will tell you you got to keep it brief, short as you can get it, or you will lose the people. If that is the case, is that is the same thing happening with our time and attention to absorb the Word of God? Most likely, it is. And so that's something we've got to pray over and make intentional effort toward because we can't afford to get there. Hello? Because without refreshing ourselves in the Word and memorizing the Word and studying the Word and meditating on the Word and growing in knowledge of the Word of God, it's going to begin to show up in our lives. It's going to begin to affect us. Conviction won't be there like it is normally there. That, that drawing to get closer to God or that quickening of the Spirit or that ability to witness and to quote the Word won't be there because it becomes dull. It becomes inactive. We'll go a little further here in a little bit about how the, the reading the Word operates in our life. Hello? Let me just go ahead and go there. I'll, I'll, I don't have a certain order i got to follow anyway. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. It says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the myra and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now think about that. that that's, it, it begins to describe the anatomy of a person and how the Word of God can do that. Well, it's not really focusing on the anatomy, but it's saying God is able, the Word of God is able to go into our innermost being. It is able to penetrate into our life in every depth and every crevice and every way of our life, the thoughts and the intents of our heart. And you say, well, how can the Word of God do that? Because when we are reading that Word, it is alive and it is active and it is quick and it is powerful and it is sharper than a two-edged sword and it can pierce into those areas of our life. When we read it, it's something that's alive and it brings us face-to-face with where we're at and it's like a skilled surgeon or an x-ray machine if you will or a cat scan or MRI MRI and it's bringing and it's revealing things to us well what if we don't read the word if we don't read the word then it's not revealing things to us it's not bringing us face to face with where we're at and what we're going through and what needs to be corrected or or how God wants to encourage us through His Word. Amen? The Word is not just a convictor. It's also an encourager. Hello? It is also a guide in our lives. Praise God. It brings knowledge and understanding of who God is, 
what God is about. This is where we learn of his love. We learn his character. We learn about his attributes, praise God. We learn about how to live for God. We learn about the faithfulness of God that has been proven through the years that we can trust him that we can depend on him, that, that he's all-powerful, that nothing is impossible with him. There's, there's impossible with man, but not with God. Where do we learn this? You may have learned it, but if you hadn't read it lately, it's probably become dull. Hello? And how often have we begin to read the Word of God and it begin to deal with something we're going through? whether it brought conviction or whether it brought encouragement, that's because the Word of God is alive. I personally believe, and I think you will agree with me, that at times God will direct us to certain scriptures in the Bible that we weren't intended on reading. It wasn't a planned out, but it was there for a time and a need in our life because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Hello? Clap your hands. And so the Word of God operates, but it can't operate if we don't read it. Amen? And this is not a condemning message. This is, a, I pray, a convicting message that lets us realize, wait a minute, I, 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 I've slacked. I, I've allowed time and busyness and schedules to rob me of something essential in our lives. So what do we do? Just neglect it? No. Because of what the Lord is telling this church, let's return and let's pick back up our Bibles. Let's recommit to reading them every day and not just reading certain verses or chapters, but meditating and studying. Study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Praise God. And so David went on to talk about in the Scripture about his love in Psalm 119 about his love for the Word of God. And I find it unique and beautiful that he, he talks about why does he have such a love for the Word of God. He says in Psalm 119 and 11, Hide thy word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Keeping his word fresh in our lives. Walks with us throughout the day. Hello? It is still fresh in us. And God can use that as a quickening point of our life to help prevent us. And when we read that word, it gives us a fresh commitment. God, I want to walk right. I want to talk right. I want to live right. We want to do right. That word is operating in our life. Oh, praise God. The Bible says, set a watch over these lips. Let the meditation of my heart. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O God. Quote that scripture in the morning. I try to make that a habit. Quote that scripture in the morning. Guess what? As you go throughout the day, that's going to come back up. And it's going to help us that we can strive to please God. Amen. We can strive to let our conversation and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. If we, if we lose that, if we just have knowledge of it and it's not fresh, then we're not really going to make much effort most likely into achieving that. Is this all right? 
But David says in Psalm 119 and 105 how important the Word of God is. That's what we've got to have an understanding for. How important is it? He said, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This self-explanatory. Amen? But if you're walking down a dark trail and there's ditches, snakes, whatever, water, holes, you need a little light there. If not, you may step in a hole, break your ankle. We may step on a snake or a stick that feels like a snake. We, we may, you know, make the wrong turn. Because it's dark, we can't see. Now, I don't like to walk in the dark without a light. Well, that's what living for God and walking through this life is like without the Word of God. David said, and he described it very well, it is like a lamp to my feet that everywhere I walk is shining a light ahead of the path that I should take. It is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Praise God. We need God to light up the direction in our life. We need him to reveal the dangers there and the wrong turns there and the things that could cause us harm. We need him to light up that pathway that we know which way to go and which way to turn. Praise God. And that is a great example that David has used. But David loved his word. And he could come up with these illustrations and these examples very easily. Hallelujah. Now let's look at Psalm 119 and 101 through 103. I have refrained my feet from every evil way. David's not boasting. That I might keep thy word. That was intentional. David, because he loved the Word of God. See, loving the Word of God to to David and to us was more than just, okay, I love reading it. But he dove deeper into a deeper love for the Word of God and said, I want to obey it. And I recognize the benefits from it, and I am fruitful because of it. It impacts his life, he's saying. He loved the Word because he loved reading it, but he loved the results of it. And that's what he's telling us in Psalm 1 through 103. He said, I have not departed from thy judgment, for thou hast taught me. God taught him through his Word. Oh, praise God. God teaches us through our Word. God speaks to us through his Word. Oh, praise God. We learn. Now, David, in a minute, I'll get to that. It may sound like he's boasting, but he's really not. He said, how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Now, why is he using that? Because the Bible, the Word of God, is daily bread. We eat of this. We partake of this. It becomes inside of us. It gives us strength and nutrition of the Spirit. And David said, oh, how sweet it is to taste the Word of God. You know, we may not understand. I'm not saying this is exclusive, but it is definitely inclusive. How many times have we quoted the Scripture? Oh, taste and see that the Lord, He is good. 
Do you know what it's talking about? We'll quote it. We probably think, well, just, you know, the Holy Ghost, the, the power of God. What if it is what David's talking about? Oh, how sweet. Sweeter than honey. Oh, taste and see. I'll tell you the best way to taste and see that the Lord, He is good, is through the Word of God. Oh, praise God. That we can taste and see just how good God is. And we learn that through His Word. Psalm 119 and 98. He said that though through Thy commandments Thou hast made me wiser than mine enemies. For they are ever with me. David said, because of your word, your commandments, it's helped me be wiser than my enemy. Hello, somebody. Anybody need to be wiser than your enemies? I'm not talking about the co-worker. <laughs> I'm talking about the devil. The imps of hell. Flesh is our enemy. Carnality. The world. Praise God. But David is saying, thy commandments have allowed me and taught me and helped me to be wiser than mine enemies. I don't know about you, but we need to be wiser than our enemies. We can't do it in our own intellect or through our own experience, our ability. The only way we're going to do that is through prayer and through knowledge of the Word of God. It was Jesus that was wiser than the enemy, and he quoted the Word to him. Well, praise God anyhow. Hallelujah. Now let's look at Psalm 119, 99 and 100. He said, I have more understanding than all my teachers. Now stop and let me re repeat that. David said, I have more understanding than all my teachers. For thy testimonies are my meditation." David isn't boasting or bragging about his being smarter or more understanding than his teachers. David's brother Stanley was talking about, you know, they're 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 good teachers. They're they're fulfilling their role. I'm paraphrasing, but my love to study and meditate God's word has enriched him to a higher level than the teachers that were teaching him. I promise you, there are some folks out there tonight that's more knowledgeable of the Word of God than I am because you have, you have given yourself to study and to love and to learn the Word of God. Oh, praise God. You know what one of the biggest enemies besides our flesh is of studying and learning the Word of God? Time. Because in prison, Brother Lee, Brother Bobby, you know this. Those inmates that love the Lord read their Bible sometime hours a day. Because they had time. Hello? Well, praise God. Let me hurry. Just trying to upgrade my... Security, and I don't need it right now. He, under, he goes on to say in Psalm 100, I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. Amen. He's talking about his love for God's word has caused him to study, to meditate, but to keep 
Everybody say keep. It's great to study, to have knowledge and understanding, but it is no value to us if we don't follow and apply and keep those words and keep those commandments. And David is saying that he understood more than his anxious because he learned to keep the precepts of God's word. Oh, hallelujah. Clap your hands to Jesus. And so James chapter 1 and verse 22 says, and through 25 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving our own selves. For if a man be a hearer of the word, and not a doer of the word, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass, a mirror, for he beholdeth himself, <coughs> and goeth in his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner he was. See, the Word of God in every service and every Bible reading you have is going to bring us face to face with some things in our life, showing us flaws, shortcomings, things that we need to, to, to smooth out in our life, things we need to get out or things we need to add to. But if we are not allowing, if we're not obeying that word and putting it into place, then it's like walking away and forgetting that our hair is not combed. Would you think of going and getting in the mirror and your hair is all stuck on top of your head, it's not combed, and, you know, you look scruff, you didn't shave and all this stuff, whatever, and then you go, I, I, I need to, but Carl, I wasn't paying attention to your scruff now. I'm not talking about you. i seen him over there. And you go, man, I got to comb my hair, brush my teeth, and shave right quick. And then you back away and go across the kitchen to do something else and forget about what you look like. Show up at work, and everybody's going, man, what's wrong with you? We wouldn't think of that, would we? But yet we can do that by not obeying the Word of God. But when we obey the Word and we apply the Word, Look how beautiful, fruitful, how the results are produced in our life, in your life, when the Word of God is applied. God, help us to have a deep love for your Word, Lord Jesus, so that we can strive to live by the Word. Too often we live by our will, our desires, our obligations. But God, help us to live by your word. Let it govern our lives. Help it shield us. Help it strengthen us. Help it give us knowledge and understanding. Lord, allow your word to fully operate in our life. It won't if we don't have a love. But it will as our love grows and grows for the word of God. My, my precious mother... Some of you knew her. She read the Bible through minimum of three times a year. I don't know if there was ever a day in many years that my mama didn't read her Bible. Unless maybe she was having surgery or when she was unconscious or things of that nature. So, Brandy, you know what I'm talking about. My mama's Bible looked like a ragtag doll. It was so worn and tattered. 
and if you gave her a new one, it wouldn't be long. It'd be that, and it was marked up. Some people don't like marking in the Bibles. That's your own personal conviction. That's fine. But my mama would, and she'd write in that Bible. She'd write thoughts. She'd write sermon titles. Who preached it? It was there because that Bible was more than just something she picked up every now and then. That Bible was a part of her daily life. It was more important than the meals that she would eat. It was more important than anything else in her life, basically physical-wise. But she read that Bible, and when she got where she could not see, I bought her, and we had to buy her several sets, and my sister bought her some sets of Alexandra Scorby reading the King James Version on tape. When she could not read anymore because of her eyesight, she didn't let it stop her, Brother McGill, from hearing the Word of God. And every day she would sit there with that Bible, could not hardly read, and she would try to follow along as he you've seen her do it many, many times. Why? What does that? There's nobody there. She's in her eighties, seventies and eighties. She knows the word of God. Why not just take a break? Why not just I mean, you're fine. You have a lot of knowledge there. No, 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 no. Because it was like daily bread. It was like you gotta eat it or you you know. You're going to have trouble in your health. And every day my mother would read and then eventually listen to the Word of God three through the Bible three times a year. My uncle, who was disabled, Jimmy Robbins, read the Bible three to five times a year all the way through. Most of the time when you come in his home, and it wasn't in the evening time when his wife got off of work, you find him at the table reading his Bible with a pencil and a pad in his hand. Hello? I'm talking about tonight a love for the Word of God. And the Word that Lord, the Lord spoke to me concerning this series and what he would write in a letter to this church was restore our love for God's Word. Because if our love for his word is restored to where he wants it to be, we don't have to be told to read our Bible. We don't have to be encouraged or promoted or pushed to read our Bibles. But it's going to become such a vital part of our daily lives. And we're going to see the results of it. It's going to show up in our attitude. It's going to show up in our in our outlook. It's going to show up in how we treat people and how we live our lives and how strong our faith is, how our desire is to grow in the Lord. It's going to show up and you're going to be able to witness to people. It will change us. You know the saying, I learned this and I'm getting ready to close. I don't know how far I am in my notes, but we're going to shut her down. I've heard it said, but it was just one of those things you didn't really pay a lot of attention to. We are what we eat. You ever heard that? We are what we eat. Well, that sounds, that, you know, okay. That sounds good, but no big deal. Well, when I had the heart trouble, and I started having to go to the doctors, and they do blood tests. Blood tests. And those lipid panels, those panel blood tests, show cholesterol, sugar, 
And then, of course, you check your high blood pressure. It shows your liver levels. It shows your enzyme levels. It shows all these things. Well, my cholesterol was out the roof. My sugar was out the roof. They you know, called me a diabetic, and I was, and, and, and all this other stuff. And they said, you got to change the way you eat. I we don't like that, do we? Because I like fried chicken. I love chicken dumplings. I ate some today, praise God. But I did eat vegetables for the rest of it. You know, you got to have something that tastes good every now and then. But I began to change the way I eat. Because, it, it, I mean, it woke me up. And I went back and got my blood work three months later. Hear me now. And the doctors were amazed at the change. My sugar had dropped from a 9.1 to a 6.3 in six months, in three months. My cholesterol, they had to relook at it because it had dropped from 196 to 78. My blood pressure was good. Other numbers were good. And I had taken very, I mean, three months. Come on, somebody. The medication didn't do all that. But it was what I was eating that was affecting those numbers. And it dawned on me, we are what we eat. And I'm using that illustration for this point. We are what we eat. Hello? If we absorb junk, hello, we're going to put on a lot of flesh. Hello? If we absorb ungodliness through watching things or reading things or listening to things, it's going to feed this flesh. Come on. But if we absorb the Word of God, if we absorb this wonderful Word every day, it's going to begin to show up in our life. How we act, how our faith is how our desire is, how our love for God is, it's going to show up because we are what we eat. Let's stand together if you don't mind. I passed out the surveys and you can turn those into me. And I, again, want no name on them. That's not what this is for. I'm just doing a survey Kind of see where we're at. And in three months, we're going to redo that survey. And I want to—I just believe there's going to be growth because that's what this is all about. How I many of you want to grow in the Word of God? Grow your knowledge and grow your reading and your love. I want my love for the Word of God to grow. I, I felt convicted, Brother Lee, because I remember up to just a few years ago, I regularly, you've seen me do it, grab this Bible and hug it. I would do it in my home. I'd love it. I'd hug it in the morning, but I hadn't done that in a few years. Lord, let my love for your word go back to where it was and even beyond there. Because when it is, we're going to read it. We're not going to want to put it down, praise God. And we'll be willing to make time for it. But I just want to believe God that we're going to grow in that. So turn those surveys in. No names on them. Amen. And you knew this. This prayer, I mean, this uh, chart that you've got is 31 days. It may not be, there's not going to be 31 days in every month. 
but just record the number of minutes, and this is just for you, the number of minutes that you read and the scriptures that you read every day. That's all you got to do because that's going to impact how many days a week we read it. And if we have something there to go by, we'll be intentional, but it will be fruitful. It'll benefit. Amen. I'd like to invite you.